NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in store, and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, December 29th, here to break down the six-game NBA schedule on Thursday here. And we'll recap what we saw yesterday in the NBA as well. But joining me to help me break down the Thursday betting card, you know him as a voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast the NFL Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, and of course here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, looking forward to going through the card. Uh, I can say that it's not the most exciting card, but either way, money to be made. Looking forward to going through it. Uh, overall, how'd your day go yesterday? Uh, yesterday was not that good for me. Um, I had the magic. I had the over in that game. Neither one of those got across the line. Um, so not a good day for me overall. I did make some back on the Kings in the late game. It took a dramatic comeback for them, uh, to win that game. So that salvaged the night a little bit, but hopefully we can find some winners here tonight, Scott. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, uh, I know yesterday my NBA card didn't go that well either. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately I ended up having the nets halftime full-time and they ended okay. up trailing at the half. I was, I didn't want to lay seven with them. So I tried to get cute with it, which I guess the premise made sense. But at the end of the day, I do think the nets just didn't show up for the second quarter. It was really simple as that. And besides that props were okay, but for the most part broke even. Yeah, props. I, I went to I did the prop cats yesterday with um with Brian McIntyre. Um and those props ended up going three and one, but I missed my best bet with Kevin Durant over uh twenty-eight and a half was the number I got yesterday. He finished up with twenty-six. Uh Kyrie chipped in with twenty-eight, but Brooklyn uh don't don't cover the spread, but they do get the victory. What is that now? Ten in a row for them for the Brooklyn Nets cut? I believe it's 10 straight. I've been keeping an eye on it, but Jacques Vaughn, I believe, is now the third favorite to win coach of the year. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it might screw me because I got I got two other guys uh, <laughs> yeah. to win the award, but I think it's warranted. I mean, if you want to make the argument, the only thing working against him is that you have Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons. I mean, that's really the main thing working against him, but Steve Nash was so bad with this unit to start the year, and the Nets have the second-best record in the league you can make a serious case he's, he deserves serious consideration. I'm not sure how low it's going to go, and you also have to worry about some injuries maybe with Kyrie or Katie or something like that, but yeah. you can't deny how valuable he's been as a coach when you compare the results with him to Steve Nash. Yeah, I mean, it's a night and day difference, right? Um, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Winners of 10 in a row, like you mentioned, second-best record in the NBA. Uh, do get the victory last night against the Atlanta Hawks, like we mentioned, um, but yeah, I guess exciting times for sure if you're a 
Brooklyn Nets fan, you know, no distractions. The team's playing well. Uh, everybody is relatively healthy. I know you have guys that are in and out of lineups with injury management and things like that. But uh, compared to than, the rest of the league, they're sure. just squeaky clean right now. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Anything else that kind of stuck out to you from last night? Well, I see people wanting me to talk about uh, Rudy Gobert again. So oh, yeah, go for it. I'm going to give uh, you the floor. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so just to go through some stats here. Of course, if you don't know, they ended up losing a heartbreaker to the Pelicans last night. The Timberwolves, uh, the, their last seven games with Gobert, they're 0-7. Their last three games without Gobert, they're 3-0. and yep. Gobert, we know offensively, is not great. We accept that. It is what it is. However, he was viewed as being one of the best defensive centers of this generation. And I know he's older at this point, but Minnesota traded for him, hoping to give them some rim protection. Last night, Zion went for 43. He went 12 of 21 from the floor. He went four, sorry, he went 14 to 21 from the floor, 14 of 19 from the free throw line, and he had 43 points. And uh, the Timberwolves lost. So I guess my question is, if offensively you do not have much talent and defensively you are not providing enough rim protection because Zion absolutely torched you the entire night, what exactly is Gobert doing for this team? Uh, he ain't rebounding the basketball either. For that's for damn sure. Because every time I get on his rebounding prop, it always falls short by like five rebounds. But this this trade day by day it gets is worse. looking like the worst top three worst in NBA history. You can make the argument with it depends how far back you want to go because there's a lot of forgotten trades in like the 70s and 60s, which were all time bad. But in recent NBA history, you have the uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce trade with the Nets. Obviously, as a Nets fan, I got to bring it up. And then you also have the uh, the Paul George trade with the Clippers to uh, for Shea and all those draft picks. Now, you could argue the Clippers one's more excusable because you wouldn't have gotten Kawhi had you ended right. up not making the trade. Still a horrible trade. And yeah. Shea is a phenomenal player. The trade was bad with the picks alone. Shea becoming a superstar definitely made matters worse. I think this might be the worst trade in modern NBA history. There's another yeah. trade back there where, they, where the uh, Sixers traded like Moses Malone and the first overall pick for some guy who didn't contribute anything, which is probably the all-time worst trade. But in recent last 30 years, this is probably the, the worst trade I could remember in a long time. Yeah, at least for the <clears throat> past decade, I think we would definitely say this has been the worst trade ever. I think it's worse than the Nets trade. I know the draft picks turned out to be like Lillard and Tatum and Brown. Like those those picks ended up being a serious piece to that. Yeah. But at least the Nets won a playoff series. They beat yeah. Toronto. They did something, mm -hmm. and they ran into the LeBron in the second round. Minnesota's not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, like, could, we, could we just say that? Like this team, they're going to be a, probably a play-in team. But I think they have a better chance of missing the play and then making the playoffs. Yeah, they're a game and a half behind uh, the 10th spot, which is the play-in tournament bracket, which is the Golden State Warriors right now. But, yeah, I mean, look, it's not very pretty. They do <clears throat> are going to get Cat back, but I think that's going to be the, another adjustment in itself, which is going to make things worse for them because Chris Finch wasn't able to figure out how to play Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns together. And now that Carl Anthony Towns has missed significant time, not sure when exactly when he'll be back, but eventually when they will get him back, that's another puzzle piece that he's going to have to figure out. So not good times right now for Minnesota. Uh, definitely. Yeah. I think this is definitely going to go down as one of the worst trades, uh, at least in modern day 
NBA history, at least the past decade for sure. Uh, in, in hindsight, when I look back on the off season, yeah. I, pr I probably had a, a better off season than most people. Uh, just picking the Timberwolves trade to be one of the worst trades of all time. Yeah. I said Durant was bluffing and the Nets wouldn't get rid of him. And now they're the second best record in the league. I, I know that uh, Terrell and I on that offseason show talked about the Nets at 50 to one to win the title. Yeah. And now they're in second in the East and they've they've looked phenomenal uh, the past couple of weeks. Overall, pretty good offseason for me. Now, uh, hopefully that carries over. And if the Nets do cash that 50 to one ticket, I'll be happy two times over. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did panic midseason and bet them to miss the playoffs, which, you know, I'll admit to. But I jinxed my favorite team into playing well. I can there live with go. that, you know, especially when you're holding a 50 to one ticket for them to win the title. Right. So, yeah, yeah. definitely true. Yeah. Right now, uh, Nets six to one to win the title. Boston are the clubhouse favorites at plus 360, followed by the Bucks at plus 650 and the Clippers at eight to one. Um, anything else from last night, Scott? Uh, for the most part, no. I'm um, trying to think of anything else. Denver blowing that massive lead to Sacramento was embarrassing. It's pretty much what happened in their previous game. Like Sacramento got out to, I think, a 19 or 20 point lead, and then Denver came roaring back. Mm -hmm. It was like a roll reverser last night where Denver just came out of the gate. Uh, they, I think they got up to a 19 point lead as well. And then I think the second half was pretty much what the difference was. And the fourth quarter, again, uh, it was really a tale of what happened over the last two nights that Denver, that first game, they had a great fourth quarter. And then uh, Sacramento came back in that fourth quarter last night to get the victory. Um, but yeah, still you score 126 points. You have Jokic, who is one of the favorites to an MVP who the mm -hmm. Kings cannot guard. I mean, we've seen this. He, he does yeah. whatever he wants. He had 40 points last night. Mm -hmm. You, you can't really just only score 21 in the fourth. The fact that they blew a lead that big, you score 75 points in the first quarter. Yeah. You have 70 plus in each of the first three quarters. You have 30 plus in each of the first three quarters mm -hmm. and then score 21 in the fourth. <clears throat> it was disappointing. They were missing a couple of guys. I know Jamal Murray didn't play. They mm -hmm. were a little bit shorthanded, but Very with important. Jokic as an MVP candidate, you cannot lose that game. And the other takeaway was uh, the Bucks game, which was thrilling, but... I don't know if you have much of a takeaway besides the fact that it was DeRozan against Giannis. Giannis went nuts, but DeRozan made enough plays down the stretch to carry the team to a win. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it was. And he got support from Zach Levine last night. Well, I think that was what the difference was. And Vucevic. Yeah, and Vucevic had a great game. 15 points, 14 rebounds for Vucevic. Zach Levine finished up with... Uh, 24 points in that game last night, but yeah, you're right. The story right or last night was DeMar DeRozan versus um, Giannis in that game. DeRozan finished up with 42 in that game, and Giannis... And 10 assists. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, to I didn't mention that. 10 assists for... Uh, no, he had 10 rebounds, and he had 5 Sorry, assists. my bad. Yeah. He had a double-double. Yeah, double-double. Um, and then Andre Drummond off the bench had 12 rebounds for the Chicago Bulls as well, but Giannis... 17 of 39 from the floor last night, 45 points, 22 rebounds, seven assists. I mean, yeah, he got the points, but he wasn't very efficient from the floor. Either, what I was going to so. say, though, is yeah. that people are going to look at the 45 and just go, oh, Giannis <laughs> went off and he did. 39 shot attempts? Like, like I, under, I understand that the Bulls can't really guard him. Giannis did a lot of dribbling the ball up the court last night, and maybe yeah. some of that has to do with the fact that Middleton's still injured, and I don't know what his story is because he's had a couple setbacks recently. Yeah. Are we sure the Bucks have enough right now to actually win a title? Because the more I watch them play, the more holes I notice in the roster. Yeah, I mean, when you're having to start Grayson Allen and Pat Covington, I mean, Grayson Allen last night, Jesus Christ, four of 16 from the floor. He should jacked up 14 three-point shots, only made three. 
Um, but outside of that, I mean, you look at their bench, it's a, a lot of old veterans and guys that are dealing with injuries, right? George, uh, George Hill, Wes Matthews has been in out of the lineup. Joe Ingles coming back from the torn ACL. He's up there in age as well. So it was on Christmas. Ha- like, I don't yeah. know. I don't think that was a fluke. I think if Boston plays Milwaukee right now and Middleton is not a hundred percent, I'm not picking Milwaukee to win more than two games. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, and the, I think you're right about the Middleton thing. It's, it, I think it's concerning. I don't know what the exact story is. I know he came back, but he had a setback. But they're going to have to make some type of move. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be with you know their second and third best players being off the court right now. But it's by the way, you didn't you didn't mention uh, Ibaka, mm-hmm. who's busy with the cooking show on the. Bench. Oh yeah, yeah. DNP last night. Um, coach's decision, quote unquote. But yeah. I think he's probably paying more attention to his cooking show versus uh, what's going on on the floor. You know who would have been a pretty good fit with this team? Uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, oh, wait a second. Uh, you you oh, had him, and then you yeah. uh, you traded him uh, for Ibaka to DMP. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into tonight's uh, schedule. Not 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 the prettiest, prettiest of games, but we still have six games to talk about. We'll give you our picks as we usually do, but... Before we get into the picks, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, and that's going to be WinBet. And WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Reduce juice on sides and totals for the for all bowl games the day of the bowl game. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Limited state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you're somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget to enter the SGP Mini Helmet Contest. From now until the end of the year, just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. To enter that sports gambling podcast.com slash helmet. All right, Scott, let's get into the uh, six game schedule here on Thursday night in the NBA with the first game on the board at seven o'clock Eastern start. That's going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder headed to Charlotte to take on the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, this game opened up minus one in favor of the Charlotte Hornets. Um, seeing uh, pickums right now across uh, most of the sports books here. Uh, WinBet has it at Pick'em as well. Total opened up at 240 in this game. That number's now been bet down to 239 and a half. Starting to see some 239s pop up as well. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start here with the road team, the OKC Thunder. Uh, last time we got the news about Pokushevsky, who's going to be out for about six to eight weeks for this Thunder team. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is also out with a right ankle sprain. And that is pretty much it for the OKC Thunder. For the Charlotte Hornets tonight, uh, Cody Martin is out. He's still dealing with the left knee procedure that he had done. Kelly Oubre Jr. is doubtful here tonight with a left hand sprain. Nick Richards is also out tonight with a right ankle sprain. And Dennis Smith Jr. questionable tonight with the left ankle sprain. Scott, let's start with the side here. Let's call it a pick currently over on win bet between these two teams. What are you liking about this game? I'm going to lean to the Thunder in this one. Both teams are banged up, but at least I have the best player on the floor 
and I don't think it's very close with Shea. I trust him in the fourth quarter more than anybody on the Hornets. Uh, you also have Giddy, who's still a very good facilitator. But you're just looking at the Hornets, and this team still doesn't play any defense. Yeah. And the main guy that we've also kind of criticized together, your favorite player, uh, with uh, Mason Plumley. now that you're going to be missing Nick Richards, who's out, you don't really have many other options. Like, you're trying to figure out what they're going to do in the front court and what you're going to use Kai Jones a bit more. Like you don't really have many options at center. Yeah. And I'm not saying the Thunder do as well. You're looking at potentially Mike Muscala, shout out to him, potentially starting in this game. But I just think I'm going to lean to OKC. It's not a game I feel comfortable with, but if you're going to give me the best player on the floor by a wide margin, I think it is a wide margin though. I don't think I don't think Lamelo's even close to him. I think Shea is that much better. Yeah. I'll go ahead and take OKC because I know late in games, this Thunder team is feisty. They'll hang around, and Shea gets buckets down the stretch. That's good enough for me. And a coin flip game, give me the best player. Yeah, OKC has been really good against the spread so far this season, 21-13, and 13, but in particular on the road, 10-6 and six, uh, as the road team. They are 10-4 and four as road underdogs. Not really that doesn't really apply here because it is at Pick'em right now as of 11-17 on the East Coast, but... Uh, I think <clears throat> that you're right that it's going to be Mason Plumley and Mark Williams as a, the front court for for this team. I forgot Mark uh, Williams is even still there because he went AWOL for about three months. Yeah, and I think they had to like call him up obviously because of the injury. So, I, and I was watching the last Charlotte game. Was it against Golden State where he did get some run in that game? But you know, both these teams are top ten in points scored inside the paint. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder number two, but they're not very good at defending the paint. OKC number 25 because of the lack of size. Same thing with Charlotte, number 21 as far as defending the paint. And, and again, these are both teams that like to get up and down the court. Um, yeah, I like I like the OKC Thunder in this spot. Uh, you're right. Shea is going to be the best player on this floor here tonight. I think he's going to have a big game. We know LaMelo Ball doesn't play any defense. And, you know, OKC is pretty respectable as far as shooting the three-point shot. I know they're below league average, but Charlotte is even worse. Um both teams are top 10 in pace as well here, Scott. Number one, OKC Thunder and Charlotte are number three here. But total right now did open up at 240. That number has been bet down to around 239, 239 and a half. What do you have any thoughts on the total here? I think I just lean to the over. I, neither team has much rim protection, but I do think you'll end up seeing a track meet breakout. If Mascala does start, which as funny as that sounds, he can at least shoot threes. So he might drag some extra big men out of the paint. He might create more space for Shea to operate. I see Aaron mentioning Shea 40 points is plus 400, which is short. But at the end of the day, you wouldn't be shocked if he got to 40. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think I'm leaning over. I, I'm, I'm not taking an under with both defenses just being this bad and with the pace being high. I think I have to lean to the over. Uh, player props in this game? Uh, well, with Ubre being out, I feel like I kind of have to pivot to the rest of the supporting cast, whether it's going to be uh, Hayward or whether it's going to be Rozier, maybe something with threes. But with Ubre, Ubre is talented, but he thinks he's so much better than he is. And that's yeah. why he's a little bit of a ball hog. And it's why he's kind of bounced around the league a bit. Yeah. Aren't we kind of just assuming that Lamelo might get a bunch of assists, but you're going to see Rozier and Hayward jack up a bunch of threes throughout this game? Well, I'll tell you. The guy that has been jacking up the threes has been LaMelo Ball. Yeah. Um, he's averaging, you know, he just came back from injury at the beginning or about mid-month in December. He's averaging 11.4 attempts per game uh, since December 14th and all the games that he's played in. 
but he's actually not he's knocking them down too. I mean, when you're jacking up that many, you're eventually some of them are gonna fall for you. He's shooting 38.5% from the three-point line. Um, and he had knocked down at least four uh in every game this month that he's played in, except for the one that he played in on Tuesday against the Golden State Warriors, where he did get up eleven attempts in that game, but he only knocked down two. But no, OKC is not a very good three-point defending team. So I think that, you know, between, like you mentioned, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, that they should let the three ball fall, fly here tonight. OKC, number 24th, as far as three-point percentage allowed at 36.5. Um, they allow 13 makes per game, which ranks about 25th. And they allow their opponents to jack up about 36 per game, which is, again, below league average. So um, it is juice a little bit for LaMelo Ball in this game. Uh, it's at three and a half at minus 140. I don't know if you want to buy that up to four and a half. That's kind of why I stayed away. I just thought it was a little yeah. bit too juicy, but I see <clears throat> Rozier for comparison. I know he has not shot the ball well from three recently, but Rozier, uh, Rozier two and a half, the overs plus 115. Yeah. So if you think he's going to end up getting like seven, maybe eight attempts in there with mm-hmm. Uber being at, he might shoot more. I like the plus uh, 115 value. You can make an argument for P.J. Washington. I know one and a half. It's around minus 140. Maybe you could chop around fine to 135. Whether he should shoot that many threes is a a secondary concern because we just need him to keep attempting them, and he might go over. But I think I'm just looking at supporting cast threes because, yes, you mentioned Lamelo, but that number is just so juiced. I don't know if I even want to use yeah. Uh, Gordon Hayward's at one and a half at plus 115. I don't think he backs up a lot or it's a lot of attempts. Let me just double check here. I'm going to look up Rozier's numbers against the Thunder because okay. if the volume's there, once again, two and a half for a guy that usually jacks up like seven per, yeah. uh, I think is worth some value. Uh, so Rozier has attempted at least seven three pointers in each of the last five games against OKC. He's made at least three three pointers in four of those five games and it's plus like 115. It like it um and then yeah recently over his last five games he's just shooting about an average of six per game and he's knocked down a average of 1.8 but his last two games he's gone only got two of 13 from three point land so yeah i like that pivot as well uh two and a half for terry rozier here tonight uh especially at plus odds um any other player props for this game scott not really i wanted to make a case for a double double somewhere uh-huh. Uh, Mason Plumlee's plus 120. I can't do that to myself. I was really hoping it was going to be like two to one where it normally is. Yeah. I can't take the plus 120. Maybe Plumlee rebounds, but eh. I thought about maybe having a serious pivot and taking a guy who hasn't had a double-double in a long time. Thought about maybe P.J. Washington at like 13 to one for a double-double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he really doesn't rebound the ball. He doesn't even try. But I wanted to make a case for it. I really can't. I don't have much. Yeah, I mean, this other team... <clears throat> excuse me, we know that are not very good at rebounding the basketball. They rank uh, pretty much almost bottom three as far as a lot of the rebounding metrics. So, you know, guys like Mason Plumlee, LaMelo Ball, who's been stat padding like he usually does, they should be able to get their rebounds here tonight. So, um, yeah, maybe LaMelo Ball, double-double plus 160. Mason's at plus 120. 13-1, uh, to 1, P.J. Washington, like if you want to get spicy, like Scott said. I don't think it's likely, but yeah. you know, I'm trying to find something. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game of the night. That's going to be another 7 o'clock Eastern start. It's going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers in Indiana to take on the Pacers. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, the Cleveland Cavaliers open up as a four-point favorite. That number's been bet up to minus five. Total opened up at 223.5. <clears throat> that number's uh, say the course pretty much at 223.5. 
Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Robin Lopez is questionable here tonight with a illness. Um, Dean Wade continues to be out, and that is pretty much it for the Cleveland Cavaliers. For the Indiana Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton is questionable here tonight. He has a right knee bruise, so definitely keep an eye out for the status of Halliburton as we kind of progress through the day here. But, Scott, let's start with the side here. Cleveland minus five on the road here uh, going into Indiana to take on the Pacers. What do you think about the side? I mean, I don't think I have much to say because it all comes down to Halliburton. Uh, You're looking at the overall matchup, and Halliburton is so valuable to this team. He does everything for this team. And even besides getting assists, he had a 40-piece against Miami a couple of games ago. So he does everything for this team, and the drop-off between him and and McConnell is pretty huge. I like McConnell as a fun role player, but he shouldn't be starting in 2022. But I think I have to lean to Cleveland here. They have not played well recently. They lost at home back-to-back games against Toronto and the Nets. The Nets game was close in the final scoreboard, but they were trailing the entire game. They really just had a bad uh, two straight games at home against two teams in the Eastern Conference. But now you're going on the road. Cleveland has not been a great road team this season, only 6-9 and nine straight up. Indiana is 10-7 and seven at home straight up. But with Halliburton potentially not playing, I think it's a simple. it's simple for me. If Halliburton doesn't play, I'll take Cleveland. If he plays, then I'll take Indiana. Yeah, um, like you mentioned, Cleveland hasn't been very good on the road. Five nine and one against the spread, two and five as road underdogs, three four and one as road favorites. So, yeah, definitely. Obviously, we have to wait for the news of Tyrese Halliburton to going to be able to get on this game or not. But uh, Indiana has been pretty good against the spread at home. Ten and seven against the spread, six and four as home underdogs at sixty percent. Um, and they are nine, seven, and one towards the over and four two. Uh, that's not relevant. Um, yeah, I'm really, yeah, I've been pretty good at home. Uh, total in this game, Scott. I think again, I think a lot of it depends on if Hallie's going to play in this game or not. Well, Aaron's asking if the line's already adjusted for it. I think it has a little bit, but usually when you don't know if the player's going to play or not, you might move it a point or two, and then mm-hmm. once it's official, you move it even more. Saw with the Nets game last night with the Hawks. I know the Hawks covered in the end, but Trey Young was basically questionable throughout most of the day. Yeah. Line moved a point or two. Then he was ruled out and it moved another point or two. So usually you kind of, I'd say, go halfway with the actual line move, and then yeah. it goes the second half once the player's out. But how many points do you think Halliburton's actually worth for this team? Because it might be like five. Like, he's that valuable to this team. Yeah, my first number that came my was about three and a half. But... Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think that's. I think it's half baked in that if he, let's say he's ruled out, this number one moves to what six and a half, maybe yeah, seven, six and a half, seven, probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, any player props you'll be looking at the, for the Cleveland side here? Uh, I think the only play that I'm really looking at, uh, at least for value, would be Garland double double. Uh, okay. I've been kind of picky with it, but I've mm-hmm. seemed to have picked my spots quite well with it. Indiana doesn't really guard anybody. That's not going to change. I think Cleveland offensively is going to wake up. Mitchell's been horrible the last couple of games. Now, Garland at 46 against the Nets because Mitchell was so bad and somebody had to do something. But I do think with Garland playing that well in a last game, maybe Indiana overcorrects and tries to stop him from scoring. But it's mostly just the fact that Garland, I think potentially against the backup point guard in McConnell, I think he should be able to find some openings to get his teammates involved. We still expect points in this game, especially on Cleveland side, because Indiana, once again, tries to outscore teams. They've gotten better defensively. They're still not great at it. Yeah. But I like Garland double-double. I think you probably could find a decent plus price. 
yeah, these two teams matched up, and I should have mentioned this uh, when we were handicapping the game uh, in Cleveland earlier this month, where Cleveland got the victory 118-112 in that game. I think I gave uh, out Garland double-double for that game. Yeah, let's see if he... Yeah, he had 20 points and 10, re, uh, 10 assists in that I'm, game. Yeah, I'm well. pretty sure I gave that out uh, for yeah. that game, but nothing and, changes here. I'm going to go back to it. Yeah, Donovan in that game finished up with 41 uh, 14 of 24 from the floor. Halliburton in that game, 17 points, 14 assists. He was 0 of 8 from three-point land. So, By the way, Garland double-double is like plus 205. Yeah, I like it. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? Are we blindly going to take something involving Jared Allen rebounds? Or no? Uh, yeah, I see double-doubles no. at plus 105. Now, I was looking at his game log uh, against the Pacers. I know the matchup earlier this season, he only played... He played 39 minutes, but he only had seven points and five rebounds in that game. But prior to that, he had three straight double-doubles against this Cleveland team. And last season, he played them, let's see, one, two, three times. He had three double-doubles in that game. So, yeah, maybe if you want. Plus money. Yeah. (coughs) Sorry, excuse me. I have a nasty cough. Um, I want to see what Evan Mobley did in that game. Yeah. Because the problem is, is I feel like like Mobley and Allen take the rebounds away from each other, right? Like Mobley yeah. in that game had 16 uh, points and nine rebounds in that game earlier this month. And then Jared Allen, like I mentioned, finished with seven and five. So what's Mobley's double-double? Uh, Mobley's double-double, I believe, is around the same spot. Uh, his double-double is plus 140. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, at plus money, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, just throwing it out there. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game of the night, possibly the game of the night here. We have uh, the Boston Celtics welcoming the L.A. Clippers to town. Uh, It's going to be a 7.30 Eastern start. Uh, Looking at the opening line for this game, the Boston Celtics opened up as a six-point favorite. That number has pretty much stayed the course at six. Starting to see some six-and-a-halves pop up as we speak. Uh, Total opened up at 227-and-a-half. That number is at 228 uh, at majority of the books. Currently at WinBet, it is at 228 as well. Um, Looking at the injury report for both of these teams here, for the LA Clippers, everybody looks like they're going to be playing in this game. Nobody is on the injury report. Uh, for the Boston Celtics, again, pretty clean injury report as well. So both squads are going to be healthy in this game. Should be a fun matchup here, uh, Scott. But let's start with the side here. Boston uh, laying six, hosting the L.A. Clippers in this game. What do you think? It's a very tricky spot because the Clippers destroyed them in Los Angeles a, a couple weeks ago. They won that game by 20. Celtics had a bit of a rut there where they lost to the Magic twice. They were losing games left and right, but it seems like they've gotten back on track and they've looked really good offensively, especially recently. The issue is the Clippers offensively have looked really good too. Uh, you're, yeah. It seems like it was a while ago that uh, we took the Clippers team total unders every game because they've scored at least 114 points in each of the last four. They've scored at least 126 in three, 124 sorry, in three of the last four. Ah, boy. It's a long road trip for the Celtics. They played in Philly. They played in Detroit. They played in Toronto. Now they're playing in Boston. Uh, Boston's been at home for a while, so they have been able to just relax. I do think it's a pretty good spot for Boston to get revenge. I think I'll lean Boston, but I mentioned how good the offenses have been in this game. The first meeting landed 206. Do you want to take an over at 228? I kind of do. Yeah. Um, I feel like this line seems so high. Compared to the first game, 
and money's coming on the over that I yeah. kind of have to lean to the over. Yeah, and it's really a night and day difference what Clippers are doing on the road as far as the total goes in at home. Uh, so far this season, uh, on the road, they are, this in perspective, they're 21 and 15 towards the under uh, overall for the entire season. And on the road, they're 12 and 6 towards the over uh, so far this season. And as road underdogs this season, 6 and 1 to the over as well. So, <clears throat> and we know Boston had been an over machine early in the season. They've cooled off a little bit, Scott, from the three point line. I mean, obviously, when you're shooting that well at the beginning of the season, you're going to regress a little bit. But I think with both squads healthy, I think that we do see points put up in this game. Um, I know Clippers, when we think about it, are a defensive-minded team, but it just hasn't – I haven't really seen that uh, from this Clippers team. And again, like you mentioned, that they've been able to put up the points here um, over the course of this road trip as well. So I'm comfortable with it. Both these teams are top 10 as far as makes – uh, from the three-point line, obviously Boston number one, Clippers are top ten. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go with the over in this game. I think that's my more favorite play in this game. For the side, I would lean with the Clippers here, uh, but as far as uh, the total, I do like the over. Yeah, I think it might be a safer move if I just took the Clippers team total over. Yeah, uh, because I do think that they'll be able to have some success. Boston defensively has been better, but once again, you're playing Rudy Gobert and the Timberwolves. You're playing the Rockets. You still give up 118 to Milwaukee. I know the game was a blowout on Christmas, but defensively, yeah. this team still has been a little bit hit or miss. Clippers offensively been good lately. I mean, you're looking at a team total that's going to be somewhere in the uh, sorry, just doing the math in my head here. It's going to oh, be in the low it. 110s. I think there's value on the over. Yeah, one ten and a half is the That's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah. I feel like that's a little bit short. I'll lean to the over on that. Yeah. Uh, player props in this game? I mean, if the total's in the 228, 229 range, aren't we just going to slam a bunch of overs? It, it's really a battle of the duos, and it's just yeah. a matter of who's going to go nuts in this game. Um, I mean, Tatum's been incredible. Brown's been incredible. They both had 38-plus against Houston. Uh, Tatum assist has been quietly a nice money play there uh, recently. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it should be what is it at three and a half still Tatum assists for tonight is at it's been three and a half for a three and a half at minus 155 though 155 though okay yeah. because I've, I've been kind of cashing on that recently but that's a lot of juice um do you want to make a case for Zubak double double um i think you have to right i think you should i mean we still know that you're looking at a very good defensive player in robert williams but boston's still easing him into the actual rotation yeah, they're not going to bench Zubak. Yeah, they're only playing uh, Robert Williams about a average of about eighteen to twenty minutes per game. Um, he had twenty one. Well, in twenty one minutes against the Rockets, he had eleven points and fifteen rebounds. Did Robert Williams? But it's plus two ten. Yeah, Zubac, uh He's been doing very well rebounding the basketball. So I think that. Well, let me see what he did against the Celtics and. Game earlier this season in LA, he didn't do anything. He played 17 minutes. Yeah, uh, four, four points, points, three, three rebounds. I'm yeah. oh, sorry, three rebounds. I mean, yeah. but I mean, going in the past, he has done pretty well. He's had 10 rebounds or more in three of the last four games. <clears throat> I still think he'll play more with Robert Williams playing. Uh, so you'll end up seeing a bit more playing time. But yeah. uh, he had five fouls in 17 minutes, so he really just couldn't get on the floor. Mm. Uh, it's around two to one. Like I think the rebounds will be there for him. Yeah. Uh, any other player props? Uh, not really. It, it's really tricky when you have these duos. He's got to pick which guy's going to actually do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. I mean, like, we expect, like, 
both of those guys to be matched up against the other on, mm-hmm. on the defensive side too, right? Like if it's Jalen Brown guarding Kawhi or it's Jason Tatum calling uh, guarding Paul George, but um, it's going to be a really fun game to watch for sure. Yep. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? No, I don't really have much. Yeah. All right. No, that's it. That's all I had. Um, all right. Let's get over to the next game of the night. That's going to be the Memphis Grizzlies headed to Toronto to take on the Raptors. Uh, let's look at the opening line for this game. Uh, the Raptors, sorry, the Grizzlies opened up as a two and a half point road favorite here. That number has been bet up to minus three total open about two twenty five. money has come in on the over that number is all the way up to two twenty eight and a half. Start to see some 229s out there as well. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Memphis Grizzlies, um, Jake LaRivia is out. He's on G League assignment. David Roddy on G League assignment as well. Um, and that is pretty much it. So everybody's pretty much healthy for the Memphis Grizzlies. For the Toronto Raptors, Precious Achua is questionable here tonight. Um, let's see. Coloco is questionable here tonight with right knee soreness. And Fred Van Vliet is also questionable here tonight with uh, lower back stiffness. So a couple of questionable tags here uh, for the Toronto Raptors. Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus three for the Memphis Grizzlies in Toronto tonight against the Raptors. So the Grizzlies killed me last time out because I took them alternative spread against the Suns and they lost by about 20. I still don't know what the hell happened in that game. They just did not show up. I figured after a Christmas loss on national TV, they'd bounce back against a team they just beat by 20 and change, and they got smacked. There's really no way around it. They should have dominated the glass again. They didn't, and they got killed. And Toronto's a team that has been underwhelming for our standards, at least. We thought this team would potentially be pushing 50 wins before the season started, and they've really been hovering 500. I think I got to lean to Memphis, and I know they just burned me. But I can't look at Toronto's front court and not see serious red flags. Coloco might not play. Achua has not played in a couple months. They're gonna, they should get killed on the glass. And I just think that with Memphis having <clears throat> Bain and Morant, Van Vliet's not going to play or potentially not going to play. I've roasted uh, Van Vliet all season long. I think Toronto might be better without him. Mm. So I don't think it really means much to me. Yeah. But the fact that Memphis can get to the rim and Toronto has no rim protection, and the fact that Memphis could dominate the boards and win this game by uh, by 15 or 20 on the glass, I think that's good enough for me. They're not a great road team. I'll admit that. Toronto has been pretty good at home, but a little bit overrated at home. I'm going to lean to Memphis. I just think that they have enough depth and enough overall talent to overwhelm Toronto over 48 minutes. Might be close, but I think eventually Memphis breaks away and wins by like seven. So I'll take the Grizzlies. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you with the Grizzlies. Uh, just looking at the, uh, some of the uh, standings here or uh, the straight up numbers from Memphis. So um, they're 11 and three this season against Eastern Conference opponents straight up, nine and four against the spread uh, against non conference opponents are the Memphis Grizzlies. So, well, it, make, it makes sense they're good against the Eastern Conference because yeah. they're only worried about the Eastern <clears throat> Conference. Yeah. Um, that's a horribly aged quote, by the way. It's not even like a week removed. That's one of the worst quotes you can possibly make. But. Are they 0-2 or 0-3 in that span? I think it's like 0-3, but they lost to 
the Warriors with no Curry. They lost to the Suns without Book. It's it's a mess. Yeah. Ever since you said that quote. But, yeah. Um. But I think this might be a game where they do kind of get back on track here. Do the Memphis Grizzlies? Like I mentioned, you know, they've had success against Eastern Conference opponents. Uh, ten, eleven and what did I say, eleven and three straight up against Eastern Conference opponents yep. so far this mm-hmm. season. Nine, four, and one against the spread. Um. So yeah, I think that John Morant. Uh, we'll have success here tonight. Maybe this is a game where Desmond Bain gets on track. I know he hasn't been very good since he's returned from the injury for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. And you mentioned they should have a lot of success on the boards here tonight as well. Uh, possibly looking at maybe Steven Adams or even John Morant rebounding props here tonight. Um, we'll the props in a second here. But uh, let's do the uh, total here, Scott. Uh, number is currently sitting at two... That's not in front of me here. Give me a second. Uh, 229 is now the number for this total. Uh, I, I th- It's really tough because Memphis could clamp down defensively, but I think I'm leaning over. Do you think Toronto gets many stops in this game? I don't, I, I don't think so. And I think the one stat that's kind of sticking out to me is that Toronto against non-conference opponents, against Western Conference team this season, 9-1 to the over. Okay. I, I think I'm going to lean over, but... Yeah. I don't really feel great either way, but I'll back the line movement in this one. Yeah, Memphis 8-5-1 and one, uh, towards the over against Eastern Conference opponents at this season. Um, all right, let's talk about some player props here, Scott. Anything you like in this game? Well, I was going to look at Adams' rebounds, but I'm looking at the last couple of games against the Grizz- against the uh, Raptors. He's had 10 rebounds once in the last, what is this, like 10 meetings, 12 meetings? Uh, mm-hmm. Since 2017, he's had 10 rebounds once. Now, Toronto used to have Marcus Gasol there, and now they don't. So, you know, that's the tricky part of going through historical matchups because the rosters have fluctuated so much that Ibaka is well, Valanchunas for a little bit. But Adams should do well in the glass. Maybe you could talk about Jaron Jackson, maybe with blocks, which has been a pretty safe play, assuming he doesn't get into foul trouble. I just see Memphis having a lot of opportunities. You mentioned Ja maybe for rebounds. Maybe jaw double-double, if you think he gets some assists in there. Uh, we have seen him get double-doubles with assists. But I think for player props, I'm mostly going to be looking at jaw. I just think that Toronto cannot stay in, from, in front of him. They have no rim protection. And Morant, if you're looking at his points number for the game tonight, 25 and a half. That seems a little low. It sounds very low for a total of roughly 229. Yeah. I'll take the over. I was looking at Jaron Jackson. You brought up the blocks. It's at... One and a half at minus one ninety. Okay, I don't like that. Maybe steals and yeah. that's at two and a half at minus. I can't believe Morant's only twenty five and a half though. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see what he's done in his career against the Raptors. But even that twenty five and a half. Let's see. I mean, you figure with the lack of any rim protection at all for Toronto, Morant should just have basically Attack a runway. Yeah, he's and never he gone over against Toronto. Yeah. But I, I, again, it's a different season. It, it's they're dealing with some injuries, so yeah, maybe twenty five and a half is a little conservative here tonight for John Morant. Um, anything else as far as player props for this game? No, I mean I'm just looking at Morant's recent games in general. He had thirty four against Phoenix, thirty six against Golden State. He had twelve against Phoenix in that game they won in blowout fashion. But he had thirty five against Denver, uh, twenty five against uh, Milwaukee. He's had a couple double doubles. Actually, he's had three double doubles in. Uh, the last actually, let me just uh, get a 10 second. Uh, that's five. He's had five double doubles in the last eight games. John Moran has, yeah. What's the number for tonight? 
Uh, let me just uh, see quickly. I know I just was going through the points, then I noticed the double double trend there. Uh, he's only one forty, which isn't high enough for me. But points at twenty five and a half, I think that seems way too low. He might go for thirty, could go for forty. Yeah. But Toronto, I don't think they can guard him, so I'll go with the over. Yeah, uh, I think his assists were probably a nine and a half. No. Uh, I'd assume probably Let close to it. it maybe, maybe probably eight and a half. I think. Yeah, eight and a half is a number uh, for tonight. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, anything else? No, then that's pretty much it. All right. Let's get over to the next game of the night. Two games left here. Both are going to be in Texas. Start with the first one here. The New York Knicks in San Antonio to take on the Spurs. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game. The New York Knicks open up as a five-point favorite. That number has pretty much stayed the course at five. Total open up at 229.5. That number has uh, been bed down. Money has come in on the under at 225.5. <clears throat> Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. For the New York Knicks, RJ Barrett is going to be out at least one week. He uh, injured his finger in the last game, which was against Dallas, I believe. Um, Jalen Brunson is questionable here tonight with right hip soreness. Uh, Obi Toppin continues to be out for the New York Knicks as well. For the San Antonio Spurs, four guys, uh, sorry, three guys that are questionable here tonight, Kelvin Johnson, Doug McBuckets, and Devin Vassell. Um, so obviously big names uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, let's start with the side here. I mean, a lot of questionable tags, at least for the Spurs side here, so I'm not, I'm not sure how much we can get to in this game here, Scott, but Minus five for the uh, New York Knicks in San Antonio here tonight. What do you think? I think I have to lean to the Knicks because of Vassell and Johnson potentially being out. If San Antonio is at full strength, I would take the Spurs because uh, yeah. I think they're undervalued. But they're their two best players. I mean, there's really not much more to add. San Antonio defensively is still horrible. Offensively, mm. they're not great. But Vassell and Johnson have kind of carried this team offensively. Yeah. And the Knicks defensively, they've been good. Uh, they have had a couple of spots where they've kind of – uh, forgotten to show up on occasion. Shout out to mm. Luca, but still, I do think that the Spurs. I would pick them if I knew that they were fully healthy, but they're not. It's kind of similar to that Pacers game. If I know that everyone's going to play, I'll take the home team getting points. But since I don't know that, I kind of have to lean to the other team, don't I? I mean, San Antonio when they're missing either or either guy, they've been horrible. So I yeah. think I have to lean to the Knicks. They've already been in Texas; they didn't have to travel back, which oh. definitely helps. Mm. But I think I have to lean Knicks until I have certainty that Vassell and Johnson are playing. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, <clears throat> do we just blindly close our eyes and just take Julius Randle's prop because he's pretty much going to be the offense for this team? Uh, yeah, I think you can make that case. Brunson, we don't know if he's going to play or not. He missed the last game against the Mavericks. Mm -hmm. I know I was on it last game, but it cashed at a pretty nice price. I had Mitchell Robinson double-double. Uh, yeah, I, like that. I think when we actually recorded it, the price wasn't up yet, but it was somewhere in the two to three to one range. So that cashed pretty well. I'm trying to think if I want to go back to it because uh, Robinson had like 16 and 14 in that game. Mm -hmm. Played really well. And I think that Robinson could be in line for a good game here. Uh, let me just see what the price is for double double. It's only 145. They're really killing these odds here for the double double. Uh, but yeah. I think I agree with you on Randall. Uh, I feel like he's going to be in a good spot to dominate. Yeah. Uh, Ray, uh, sorry, Mitchell Robinson back to back games, like you mentioned, has um, 16 rebounds in each of those games. 
Mitchell rebounds is something that does intrigue me here tonight. Um, let me see what that number is. I got ten, a and a half. ten and a half. Yeah. Yeah, and he's had like like we mentioned back to back games with sixteen. But in his career against the San Antonio Spurs, five games, he's had eleven rebounds, fourteen rebounds, four rebounds, ten rebounds, and fourteen rebounds. The most recent game last season. Finished up with 13 points and 11 rebounds in that game. <clears throat> the most important part of that is he played 32 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, with this team being a little thin, um, do you entertain any Quentin Grimes or Emmanuel Quickly props? Quickly's weird because he basically had a double-double in the first quarter last game, and mm. nobody really knows what to make of it. Double-double for Quickly in this game is 10-1. to 1. So mm. if Brunson's out, I'll take a 10-to-1 shot on double-double. Is he going to get there? Probably not. But if Brunson's not playing, isn't there automatically value on it? Yeah, and again, that game against Dallas, he just didn't have a very good shooting night. He was 5 of 21 from the floor, 1 of 10 from three-point line. He did, like you mentioned, finish up with 15 assists. But I think quickly is a fun player, but if he's taking 21 shots, you're basically guaranteed to lose. Yeah. Um yeah, Quentin Grimes, I know, had a good game, and he fires up the three-point shots as well. I'm going to say, Grimes, the only props I'm tempted by are threes because for points, yeah. it's not worth it because about 90% of his shots are three-pointers. Yeah, he's probably at two and a half. Let me see here. Yeah, two and a half at minus 120. I don't hate that, but definitely I will be waiting for the news, obviously, of um, – Jalen Brunson in this game, and obviously the Spurs side as well. So actually, lean. I think Randall at thirty and a half though for points. Yeah, it does, seems a little excessive. I was going to say that might be a little bit rich for me because assuming <clears throat> the Spurs are missing their two best scores on this team, mm-hmm. Knicks are off that embarrassing loss. It's historically bad. A loss like that's actually I don't think ever happened before in the NBA. Leading by nine with like twenty something seconds left. There was a stat that was circulating. Teams were like ten thousand and something and oh. And then they ended up losing. The Knicks might be out for blood, so I might stay away from some overs because you might see a blowout in 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 progress for this game. Yeah, but the quickly double double. If Brunson doesn't play, it might be just worth a flyer, ten to one. It's a starting point guard getting ten assists, and we saw last game he had fifteen. Yeah, I'm quickly trying to see here. One, two. 15, 16, 17, 18. I think he's... So Julius Randle's played 19 career games against the Spurs. And he's had 25... More than 25 points, zero times. Okay. Obviously, the circumstances are different in this game when you don't have R.J. Barrett. It's worth mentioning, though, when when it's 30 and a half. Yeah. That's kind of where I stand. And that's why I was thinking about more maybe, you know, quickly props or Quentin Grimes props or something like that. Or probably I think Mitchell Robinson rebounds really sticks out to me in this game. So do you want to, do you want to pivot to like Randall assists or something? Yeah. What, what do you see that number at? Uh, let me just pull that up for a second. Here I go. Because I think 30 and a half is just too high. But yeah. I see Randall at four and a half and plus, plus money on the plus. over. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, I don't hate that. Uh, let's see what he did in this last game. He had four assists, four assists, three assists, four assists, five assists. Yeah, okay, he's hot. <clears throat> and maybe they do send a double team to him and make somebody else beat them. They might. I mean, San Antonio is allowing the most assists per game in the league. They're allowing yeah. 26.9 assists. So yeah. if you want to pivot towards assists, I don't mind the flyer there. I mentioned the quickly double-double. Once again, really no chance of cashing, but I think it's a good yeah. spot for 10 to 1. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get over to the last game of the night here, Scott. It's going to be 
A battle of I-45, the Houston Rockets heading up to Dallas. Feels like this these two teams are playing like every other day against each other. But um, Rockets headed to Dallas to take on the Mavericks here. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, Dallas actually opened up as a 12-point home favorite here. That number has now been bet down to minus 10. Uh, do see a minus 9.5 that just popped up as well. Uh, looking at the total in this game, Total open up at 223 and a half. That number's been bet up to 225. Starting to see some 225s and a halves out there as well. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. Let's start with the road team here. The Houston Rockets. Pretty clean injury report. Everybody else healthy. Uh, except for Jay Sean Tate, who's only played, I think, I, I think two games this season for the Rockets. For the Dallas Mavericks, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is out. Uh, Josh Green is out. Maxi Kleba is out. And Reggie Bullock is out. Oh, sorry, Ridge Book is questionable here tonight with a non-COVID-related illness. Um, Dallas coming off, uh, like we just mentioned, the overtime victory against the New York Knicks in their last game where Luka uh, set a NBA record or did something that has never been done before in NBA history with a 60-20 uh, rebounding triple-double. Yeah, 60-21-10. And 10, 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now they face the Houston Rockets here as a, let's call it 10 right now, currently over on win bet here. Scott, uh, what are you thinking about this game? I think I got to take Houston. Uh, even though Dallas is really good at home, Houston's awful on the road. I get all that. But people are so caught up in the Luka game where he had 60, 21, and 10. They forgot that two games prior, he had 50, 10, and 8 against Houston, and yeah. they only won by six. Yeah, like they couldn't win by margin because the entire supporting cast was horrible. And Luca went for once again 50, 10, and eight, and they only won the game by six. I can't lay double digits with Dallas, I, I just can't do it. They're horrible yeah. against the spread. Houston has enough offensive firepower to, I don't want to say match Luca, but maybe hang in there. Jalen Green is a good game. We saw Kevin Porter Jr. of 36 against the Bulls the other night. I think I got to go with Houston here. I understand that Dallas with I understand Luca's incredible, but in mm. both games where Luca went nuts in the past week, they didn't cover either of those games. Yeah, I have to at least point it out. I understand Luca's probably going to go crazy in this game because Houston can't guard him. Mm. But if Luca's even slightly off, if he shoots forty five percent in this game, there's no chance they cover. I got to go with Houston. I just think the spread's too big. Yeah, maybe a regression game for Luca. Maybe he's so tired from what happened on uh, was it on Tuesday night? He had the victory uh, beer. Yeah. So, and again, against the Rockets, he's just been absolute monster. Like you mentioned, he had fifty points uh, in that matchup. I know they've, this is a third matchup for these two teams, but uh, Luca's only the played Lakers, in one. By the way, on Christmas, he had thirty-two nine and nine. They were coasting the entire way, and they blew the cover in the back door, or they blew. I don't know if they officially covered in the end. They might have technically, but the game, it got very, very dicey for point spreads. Yeah. But I'm actually just pulling this up. Dallas has not won a game by double digits in each of their last five. They've won by double digits once since December 6th. Yeah. Um, 10 is a lot. Uh, 10 is a lot here. So um, I'm going to go with the that's Rockets. Ten, that's 10 games, by the way. They're, they are, they've won by 10 plus one out of their last 10 games. And that was what Minnesota? Oh no, they lost that game. Uh, I see Portland was the last one they won by twenty. Portland they won by twenty, and that was it. 
because the other cutoff was the Phoenix one on December 5th. So and I think that was a game without, oh no, that was a game with Dame in there, but they just own Phoenix every time they play. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rockets for me as well. Again, tennis a lot here for the Dallas Mavericks. They, they win games at home. There's no doubt about that, but they just not, they're not covering them. So um, eight and 10 right now against the spread at home so far this season. And like Scott mentioned, this team just doesn't cover double digits at home. So I like what I've seen from the Rockets. They're not good, but they're yeah, they're not good. Yeah, the effort is there, right? Um, They do well in the first half. It's just about them putting two two halves together. Um, They kind of tail off in the second half. So, again, like you mentioned, I think the key is that even if Luca is slightly off, that the Rockets can hang around and possibly even win this game outright. So, um, but at least for side purposes, plus ten for me with you uh, for the Rockets. Total here is at 225 here. Scott, uh, what are you thinking? I think I'm going to lean to the under in this one. We've wanted Houston to play faster all season long. There was a little bit of a stretch there where they did. It didn't really last that long. Yeah. But in that game against Houston where Luka won for 50, the game landed 218. Uh, the Knicks game went to overtime, but that was 247. I, I just think you're going to end up seeing a slower pace game. Luka operates in the half court. Houston's going to force them to really drain a bunch of clock. And we'll see what happens, but I think I'm leaning to the under. This number's a little bit high for a team like Dallas that still loves to play as slow as possible. Yeah, the two games this season, both of those games have gone under the total. Luka didn't uh, play in the first one, so I don't yeah. know if you want to toss that or not. But Yeah, you probably could toss that one out the window. 101-92, that was a game without Luka, but a 50-point game by Luka. I gave out um, Houston money one in that game. Yeah, uh, 112-106, so did fall well short below um, that total in in that game. And again, if you kind of go back and look, most of their games have been low scoring. Um there's a 133-108 in there, a 130-106, but other than that, 113-100, 110-91, 101-92, 101-103, uh, I mean, don't, don't we just expect this game to die at some point because you're going to see Kevin Porter Jr. or Jalen Green just alternating with Luka in isolation half-court offense late in the game? Isn't that what we're going to yeah. expect? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and again, yeah, like you mentioned, Dallas dead last as far as pace. And Rockets, for whatever reason, with these young guys want to play slow, they're number 15 as far as pace goes. They should be top five. <laughs> yeah, they should. Uh, player props in this game, Scott? Anything you like? Uh, what's a Lucas points at? 40? Uh, uh, 47 and a half is his oh, okay. point That's what I thought. It's a little bit of juice to the over on that one. Yeah. But I think I have to pivot, right? I mean, don't I have to kind of have to take Lucas assists? Everyone's going to look at points. It's 32 and a half. He had a bunch of opportunities against the Rockets last time out, but nobody could hit a shot. Luca assists is nine and a half at plus 115. I like his rebounds and assists here tonight. I don't know if you want to. I like the triple double. Yeah. I mean, I think triple double's got a lot of opportunity, but nine and a half at plus 115. I'll take the over on assists. Once again, he tries to get his teammates involved. They just can't shoot. Yeah. So I think if he has some opportunities here, I mean, Luca triple doubles plus 400. Mm-hmm. He was very close last time out. I got to assume Houston doesn't let him go for 50 again. I think I have to pivot for assists. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I was looking at Shane Goons, maybe points here tonight. It's at, I think it's at what, 12 and a half? Is his dad in attendance? Mm, unfortunately, he's not. Ah, okay. Uh, 13 and a half is his points prop here tonight. 
did have 19 in his last game, uh, in the last game against the Mavs. 14 prior, 14 prior. Um, so maybe that's worth a look here if you want to pivot away from Jalen Green and um, Kevin Porter. Let's see how Jalen Green has done against the Mavericks. I'm looking up Doncic against uh, the Rockets. Uh, all right. 50, 30, 26, 23, 26. So he's actually not been the greatest scorer, historically speaking, against Houston. Assist-wise, he's usually around the 7 or 8 area, but he has had 10-plus uh, assists four times. So, yeah, I think plus money for Lucas is probably worth a look. Yeah, I like that. Uh, anything else for this game? Uh, no, I think that's basically it. Uh, Luca once again, played 42 minutes in that first game against Houston, so he might get a massive workload in this game. Yeah, how much did he have in the last game? I don't know went to overtime, but he had to have played 50, 47 in the last game. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, before way, we do get, you, it, do you want to make a case for Luca turnovers? I don't. I don't have it in front of me, but looking at his games against Houston, uh, seven five four five three eight eight five. Player turnovers it's probably going to be three and a half or four. Probably, uh, probably three and a half. Three and a half minus one ten. I mean, I, I mentioned the numbers there. Uh, he's had at least four in each of the last four games. In seven of the last eight games. Yeah. I I know it's not fun to bet on turnovers for a player because you got to hope that they mess up every possession. Mm-hmm. But three and a half, that seems really low, doesn't it? He has the ball in his hands every possession. Yeah, especially against the Rockets, like you mentioned, the numbers there. I, I do expect him to regress here a little bit here tonight after the 60-point triple-double that he did have. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. has had success against the Rockets. Um, his three-point props is at three and a half. Maybe that's worth a look, or if you want to take his points here tonight, if we think He's going to have to be a little more passive. Is Luca Tim Hardaway Jr. Trying to get his points prop here. 16 and a half. Don't hate that. Um, but yeah, Christian Wood hasn't had very much success against the Rockets, or at least in the last game. Let me see. Maybe. By the way, unrelated, but you said Luca played 47 minutes. How the hell did Quickly play 51 minutes? <laughs> 51 played- minutes? He played fifty-one of the fifty-three. Oh no, I, I get it, but like that's crazy. It was it was so they were so desperate they gave Derrick Rose twelve minutes, but well, that was really? the game that RJ Barrett left, right? Oh uh, yeah, he played two With minutes. Finger injury, which yeah. is still hilarious. That like out of all of the injuries and everything that worked itself out, they still couldn't find a way to put Fournier on the court. Yeah, but fifty-one minutes for quickly. I just, I just didn't realize he played that many minutes. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, before we get into our lock and dog for tonight, let me tell you guys about the Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. And at Underdog this season, the season never ends. Right now, you can play their weekly Battle Royal games or even draft your playoff best ball team for the NFL. They also have a ton of daily games for NBA and NHL. Plus, when you deploy, uh, when you use promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com, you get a 100% deposit match of up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN to get a 100% deposit match of up to $100. All right, Scott, let's get into our lock and dog for this um, Thursday schedule. Six games on the schedule here. I'll let you lead it off. What do you got for your lock and dog? All right. So the last time I was on the show, I went 0-2. 
Memphis screwed me, but luckily, I guess, Toronto also screwed me, so they cancel each other out. I'll take the Grizzlies minus two and a half against the Raptors. I think it's just a good spot for for Memphis. I'm not going to keep chasing it. If they lose this game as well, I'll just stop bothering with Memphis because I can't keep assuming they're going to bounce back. But they've been very good against East Coast teams. You're looking at, or Eastern Conference teams, I should say. Toronto's a bit shorthanded. Van Vliet might not play. And you're looking at their overall front court depth. It's an oxymoron because they have none. And you might see Coloco miss time. uh, Achu is probably not going to play. Memphis, I just think, is a bad matchup for Toronto. Moran should be able to get downhill. Bain's been awful. I get it. He's still going to work his way back. We'll see what happens. But they still have a lot of weapons on offense. Toronto's offense has been a little bit spotty here and there. And with Jaron Jackson, with Adams, and with everybody in the paint, I think they can contain Siakam. And if Siakam is going to potentially struggle and Van Vliet's not available, you really don't have many options left if you're Toronto. I'm going to go with Memphis minus two and a half. I think that they're just the better team. Okay. Uh, So lock for Scott, Memphis minus two and a half, currently over on win bet. Uh, And what do you got for your dog tonight, Scott? I think my dog's going to actually be the last game we talked about. I thought about going for a Hail Mary there and taking the uh, quickly double-double at 10-1, to 1, but I'm not going to do it. Give me Luka, uh, 10 assists, or uh, Luka over 9.5 at plus 115. Even with the 50 points against Houston, he still had 10 assists. He's had exactly 10 assists in three of the last four games. Only exception was against the Lakers, where he had nine. But we're expecting Houston to send a lot more doubles and trap a bit more you can't let the same guy go for 50 against you twice in the span of a week and a half. Like, I just think that they're going to have to figure something out defensively. Dallas shot horribly in that game against Houston, and he still had 10 assists. I got to assume after going for a 60-piece that Houston's going to have to try to focus on stopping him from scoring. I think he'll get his teammates more involved. He's going to play a bunch of minutes. He'll have the ball in his hands all the time. Give me Luka over nine half assists, a plus 115. I think it's a very nice spot to kind of zag when everyone's blind and looking at points. Yeah, I agree. Um, and he's had success of rebounding and distributing the basketball against the Rockets. And um, I, I think that tonight, yeah, it's a good pivot point after what he did on Tuesday night against the New York Knicks. So, yeah, I, I like those picks there. So, recap Scott's picks. Grizzlies minus two and a half against the Raptors. And then Luca over nine and a half uh, assists at what? Plus 115, you said, Scott? Yeah, plus 115. Yeah, for his uh, dog of the day. All right, uh, for my lock, uh, let's see here. Uh, I'll go. I liked both of those overs in the Clippers and Boston and Memphis and Toronto game. Yeah, let's go with the Clippers, Boston. Celtics over 228 and a half right now, currently over at win bet. Um, I think it's going to be another game like we talked about in the Brooklyn and the Cavs game where the stars are going to shine. And I think it will be points being put up in this game. Um, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Jason Tatum, uh, J- J- uh, Jalen Brown. I think these guys are going to start shine here tonight. So we'll see some good shot making. And like we mentioned, Clippers games on the road have been going over. I know they've been an under machine at home, but at home so far, or on the road so far, I'm sorry, this season, uh, they've been very profitable to the over. And, you know, like Scott pointed out as well, that they've scored at least 114 over their past several games. Seems like the guys are healthy. 
going to be in the lineup, no significant injuries, or nobody sitting out in this game for both teams. So um, it's going to be a fun game to watch. So I think that we'll see points in this game. So I'll take the over 228 right now. Um, for my dog, I liked a couple things here. Um, take I the think Rockets. I'm, Do it. I know it's fine. Whatever you, whatever. You, there weren't many dogs that actually liked on the card today. I mean, I liked them yeah. plus the points. I didn't see many outrights. Yeah, and Thunder, we missed the number on that because right now it's at pick'em or, or and that's cheating. Like we that. don't take minus one tens. Yeah, unless you want to go with an alt spread. Uh, yeah, I think Clippers win here tonight as well. I don't want to double dip in the same game. You want to go like Shea thirty-five plus or something? What about Mitchell Robinson double double here tonight? Okay. Uh, I mean, I gave that out last show. I know the price has died down dramatically. Yeah. Oh, would you rather take the with the double double? Would you rather take the like an alternative rebounds or something? Uh, what's his alternate? Do you see his alternate rebounding? Because uh, I see his double double at plus one forty five. Yeah, that I saw. Uh, but let me just see if I can pull it up quickly. Just wondering. Or let me see on win bet because they usually are pretty good about easily finding alt rebounds. Let's see. Player props. That's points. Where is Mitchell Robinson? Oh, I don't want combos. Where? Okay. Is... Uh, for rebounds, I see Robinson twelve plus a plus one forty. Okay. Fourteen plus is plus three ten. Fourteen or more. So let's do this. Well, I'll give out two then. Let's go with double double at plus one forty five, and then let's do fourteen plus rebounds at plus Scott. Three was ten. it three ten plus three ten? Yeah, yeah. So three to one, fourteen or more rebounds for Mitchell Robinson, and then his double double tonight at plus one forty five. So I'll go with that as my dog here for tonight. Cool. All right, uh, that's gonna do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast uh, six game schedule. On Thursday, hopefully we can put some money in your guys' pockets. Scott, anything else we need to mention before we get out of here, bud? No, not really. Uh, looking forward to uh, cashing some bets tonight. I'll be back on the show tomorrow. I know that we're going to be busy with the NFL show later today, and yep. we have a special guest for the show, yep. which should be fun. Yeah, definitely check us out on the uh, NFL Gambling Podcast. Uh, we'll have Minty on, a uh, friend of the network, on the show with us to preview the afternoon games. And then, like Scott mentioned, Terrell and Scott will be back tomorrow for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure to follow the Twitter account over on um, for our NBA Gambling Podcast account, at SGPNNBA. If you haven't already, uh, do us a favor before you get out of here. Like the, uh, the YouTube uh, video here, the live stream here. And if you haven't already subscribed... Uh, you'll get a notification any anytime we do go live uh, Monday through Friday. You just try to get that out on Twitter and drop, drop it into Discord as well. But if you haven't already, leave us a rating and review, whether that's on Spotify, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do us a favor, leave us a rating and review. Definitely helps us grow the show. All right, make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Shell Radio. Follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Uh, Till then, good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride.